0: You're listening to the TC21 After Party Night One with Lindsay Betzendahl, only on Data Plus Love. But yeah, like uh, you, you are one of my, my big, like Tableau friends in general. I mean, you know, we talk on the phone, so like, yeah, it's, yeah it's I know, but also you're like one of my big conference friends. And I think I was telling uh, Kevin, so th- these are actually airing in reverse order from I've the order I've recorded them in. So oh, I'm no I don't know. Sorts.
1: I did not know that. Okay.
0: Right. So these are airing your night one, then Kevin, and then you did, and I record them. You Kevin, you just because of scheduling. That's too so funny. This is like a sem- it's assembling a movie for me. And I also am referencing the days of the conference. So I'm all out of sorts. Like tomorrow, everyone listening, if you're listening to this live, is uh, his iron, <laughs> iron viz um followed by devs on stage on Thursday if you're not listening to this in a timely manner then none of this is going to matter or make any sense so right. don't worry about it but yeah oh my um my my favorite thing was at the last conference that we were all out together TC19 so uh it was the day before the actual conference begins you know there's mm. like the big <laughs> kickoff night and everything and uh for for some reason that still uh I hope you're going to say either.
1: something that I actually remember because otherwise this is going to be a horrible punchline but go what ahead
0: involves you like look i'm i'm I'm, a, I'm, gonna appeal to your vanity you're in this story um so as uh, for some reason i got invited to a data leader summit that day i do
1: remember
0: this yeah so <laughs> oh, were, were you at the data leader summit Lindsay? no okay you weren't okay sorry mm-hmm, just checking mm-hmm. i didn't remember seeing you there so i felt like i had to bring that up uh so it was at the four seasons mm-hmm the Four Seasons. Uh, so I, I'm over there with, you know, a bunch of the Comcast guys. Fred Najjar was over there who I work with now. Um, a couple of people from St. Jude that I knew, but I, it eluded me completely why I was even invited to this, because it's not like I was a Zen master. In fact, I think I don't think I was an ambassador yet. No, I definitely was no. not an ambassador yet. Um, and in fact, the only thing I was was like a tug leader and like moderately, like I was like a low tier people knew me on Twitter. Like I had like 800 followers or something. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling like I already feel like a fraud everywhere. I definitely feel like a fraud here. But the one upside to that was um, that evening, for some reason, I had four consecutive events back to back and I made sticky notes on my desk at work to keep track of them all. So I had a cocktail event for the data leadership thing, which led in to the, the data village kickoff, which then led to the Tableau community party at Lights, the nightclub which then led to the post party at the Irish pub. And I saw you at all of these, um, mostly because somehow you found a way to weasel your way into the data village early. And you and I had like a rivalry going about who was going to get into the data village first, because as the data Mm -hmm. leadership thing, we were supposed to have early access. Yes. But you also are friends with everyone. Somehow, like people like you, it eludes me why. I agree, like, I agree. Like uh, <laughs> there's there's some out. appeal there of some kind. So some for some reason, people like you and you managed to get in first. So I'm waiting in line to get in the gift shop because oh yeah, the yeah, other thing no. I was praying about, they also gave me a $50 gift card. Oh yeah, um, I do remember that. So, right, I, I had to mention that too. So I'm waiting in line to cash in my $50 gift card for the awesome, the sweet data hoodie, like the ultra soft one I still wear almost every day. Uh, And you somehow are like coming out already.
1: I was first in line. I was first in line. I even got like a little, I think I got a glass of champagne or something in line. And if I recall correctly, when you texted me about that, you were you know, at this thing, I was like, well, I'm first in line at the data village and look what I got.
0: (laughs) It's true. Like, honestly, like I I call myself a bougie fishery all the time because my wife is bougie and I benefit from it. So she likes fancy things and I'm just kind of oh, I'm fine. You know, it's like because she likes fancy things, I get fancy things. So it's like that works out well for me. Like and also she she's a better gift giver than me. And that like she she likes uh, she likes fancy things. So it's easy for me to pick out stuff for her. I like things that I would never buy for myself. And she buys those for me. She just has to like know that I like it. So I the other year I read the book, The History of the Future, which is about uh, VR. And about how Palmer Luckey, the guy who created Oculus, was like a 19-year-old living in his parents' driveway and sort of figured out, hey, why did this never happen? And I think we could. So he formed his own company, created Oculus. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I love this story. And it's like reading the whole thing. And she bought me an Oculus that year for Christmas. Like, It's right here on my desk. Like, I have a VR headset that my wife bought me for Christmas because she knows the she kinds knows. of things I would want, but never buy. She sounds great. She that's fantastic. Does that, right? Like, like That's like, hard.
1: That is really hard to like gift give for someone else that maybe has different interests than you.
0: I didn't know I'd also be rubbing this and that's, that's extra. That's yeah. extra bonus for me. <laughs> but me. By the way, like I, sh- I should mention to people, Lindsay is like my sister from a different mister. So I'm not this mean to her just because she's a guest. I'm this mean to her because... Yeah, because it's fun. Um, right. There
1: was the but, year that 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 was the joke was I was your other crazy sister, your less crazy sister or something. <laughs> I forget exactly less, what we call it.
0: Yeah, it's I think my less crazy sister. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I have a lot of friends that have a crazy sister. My my friend David has a crazy sister, too. We we swap crazy sister stories. It's OK. Everyone has a crazy everyone. has now. Yeah, totally. And if you don't have one, you're the crazy can, one.
1: Yeah, I can be your crazy sister, folks. It's cool.
0: Yeah, you're you're less crazy, <laughs> sister. Oh, and also, I got a VIP pass for uh, date and night out. Like there was a VIP deck. Like I got a, a gold wristband. I think I texted you a picture of me wearing the wristband and smiling smugly.
1: Mm, it's possible, but I feel still feel like I was like first in there too. So,
0: but but to be fair, I did not end up going to the VIP deck because a date and night out, which was. <laughs> Where was it? It was at the Palms. They basically took over most of the Palms resort. That was cool. And I spent most of the night hanging out with you and like Kate Schwab and David and a couple of other people. Bo was there. Yep. And it's like really to survive that kind of thing. Like, okay. You're you're clearly a type A personality, right?
1: Yes. Bit of a bit of an extrovert, type A. I remember dragging you all around, being like, follow me this way.
0: Yeah, very, very much like that. And I am a type B personality. People mistake that because I, you know, I can talk and I'm hosting a podcast like, oh, he must be like so outgoing. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, to a limited degree, I like to be social and stuff. But being in large crowds and stuff is like a draining experience. Mm. I can like find people I know and sort of attach myself to something like for you. And I know this because I actually (laughs) (laughs) I inadvertently have video of you at the conference and more than one occasion. (laughs) Uh, Although both of them involve Robert DeLong. Oh, yes. And and I'm branching. But uh, in both of them, you're in the middle of a crowd and you look incredibly happy. And I'm convinced when I'm in the middle of the crowd, I I look incredibly awkward. I don't have evidence of this, but that's how I feel. So if I present otherwise, I don't think anyone knows that. But yeah, it's like we sort of like attach to you and you're like, I know where everything is (laughs) and everyone's my friend. And it's like everyone just follows you.
1: And you know, I'm pretty good at pretending like whether or not they are my friend, or if I don't know where I'm going, I, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy trying to make other people happy too. And like, I think that's like, I remember that, that concert was so fun. And I was like, I gotta be up front by Robert DeLong. And I'm like, who can I make sure comes with me? Cause I want other people to like be up front too, whether or not you wanted to be. I was like, I think I dragged Bo up there.
0: (laughs) It was definitely no Matt Francis was behind you. Uh, Jesse is behind you you've got a bunch of Jeff people Plattner was
1: there there was a bunch of people i was like get up here
0: i was standing on the stage si- stage side like right next to the drummer like yes. i was literally like over his shoulder so i'm actually shooting over a drummer's shoulder um as as i took some video of that and the video turns out re- turn out really good like good 4k resolution but yeah it's like i'm always so impressed about how your ability to sort of connect people and i think that's like one of the like the biggest most generous skills people can have because it's like you sort of recognize people uh, for like who they are and what their talents are. And it's like, Oh, you'd really like so-and-so or like, you know, when, when you're at a celebration and you're like, "Uh, I know where Andy Cockrieff is somehow (laughs) like you have an Andy Cockrieff sense and we navigate through like, I don't know. I don't even know how to do. I don't know what the palms looks like because I haven't seen it without twenty thousand people in it. Exactly right. But but you find a way to like a back room, and then you have Andy Cockreave do magic tricks for us. <laughs> like he just does that. Like I don't know if he's always ready to do that, or if it's just because you asked.
1: Uh, yeah, it was. Well, I think he had promised me he would do it, and then we were talking, and I was like, "Where are you? Let's do it now." He's like. I'm over here and I swear he gave bad directions, either that, or, you know, it was late at night enough that maybe I misinterpreted the directions, but it took us a little while to get over there, but we got there. Uh, and it was pretty funny watching all these people see his magic tricks who hadn't seen them before. So I was trying to, and
0: I'm pretty sure you like gave bad, uh, gave a bad response to was like, how, what is this or something? And you say the wrong thing. And it's like, uh,
1: yeah i kind of like blew the whole spot up and not that i had seen the trick before i just was like the person who like said the completely wrong thing for a magic trick (laughs) i don't remember what it was i see the strings guys (laughs) right right where'd you get that sharpie from did you pull that out of your sleeve yeah i don't know what i said but he was like (laughs) Lindsay. i was like whoops (laughs) which is totally not surprising that i would like do that
0: so, so you you were loud and overt, like like saying something out of a
1: turn, yeah, for sure. Not have you so your mouth I, shut.
0: <laughs> I don't remember the first time I ever interacted with you on Twitter, but I was always sort of like hmm. you were like one of the big kids, and I felt like one of the little kids. And it's like really in terms of sort of I guess generations of people involved in Tableau Online stuff, you're really only maybe like one ahead of me. But it felt like very significant, like the gap. It's like, holy cow, she's like got her own initiatives and it's like she seems to know everybody and it's like she's making really quality stuff like it's like uh, especially like when I became friends with like you and Kevin specifically like that. That's when I was like, holy cow, like these people are like I, I never thought uh, you you were like minor celebrities to me. It was weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was funny because in 2000, I think, you know, for folks who haven't been to a conference yet, um, the amount that can happen like one conference where you get that opportunity to meet people and interact and have some like genuine conversations and experiences or whatever, I think just catapults you like so much further, not necessarily like in what you're saying, just in, in the sense of how much more connected you feel, how many more people you know, and then how that can propel you for the rest of the year in terms of your relationships and then growth. And like 2018 was the year that, um, Kevin, I, Kevin and I had talked a lot that before conference, um, we were both, um, really getting into the scene that year. And so made that kind of friendship and, you know, we got both got off a plane and we're like first called each other for the first time. And he's like, we've never actually like heard each other's voices. We've talked for like eight months on Twitter and I'm like, oh my God, it was kind of this funny thing. And, um, that was the time where we um, just met like a ton of people. Like that, two thousand eighteen, TC eighteen was just that thing. I think for both of us, I think that's when you and I had met, where we went to that dinner um, where you did yes. sit at the little kids table. In fact,
0: that's true. That still hurts. <laughs> I mean, that that's that's a story in of itself. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like I remember the first time we almost met at that conference. Mm. So what, what what which was your first conference that you you went to? Uh,
1: TC fifteen.
0: Oh wow! So you've been going uh, quite a while. So like for you, which it's was, like yeah. y- you had been going to the conferences the way that most people went to them for a while, and then at a certain point you began. Yes. What what conference was the one where like I had to say like red pilled like the Matrix or whatever? But the first one where you sort of connected was that was at eighteen. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh wow! So you'd had several. So for me, my first conference ever was seventeen, which was in Vegas. That was, and this is context for people that don't know or weren't there. That was the one where the so that's the one I missed
1: had, because I had because just had my second son. So that was the only one I missed in the last six years. Well, aside from obviously well, since 2015, that's the only one I missed, other than the ones that obviously haven't been virtual that haven't virtual, but yeah.
0: Yeah, that was the one with the the shooting yeah. where the shooter was mm-hmm. actually in the top story and shot across the street. Right. And when we were there, that whole area is roped across, off across the street. Police were there 24/7. And like for me, I had never been to any conference before, so I was actually going to this with a bunch of dread. I'm like, I don't know what the conference is like in the first place, but I'm anticipating I'm not really going to enjoy this very much. But actually, I really had a really nice time at the conference, even though I attended the way most people did, which was Mm. hang out with my work friends um, when the the, uh, when the um, sorry sessions were over for the day. Yeah, I was like, no, oh, we went out to dinner, and then it was kind of done. Right. I, did, I didn't I did even go to Data Night Out. I actually went to see a uh, Penn & Teller, which I don't regret. Penn & Teller was great.
1: Yeah, I didn't um, go to Data Night Out in uh, 2016, I guess, is when I didn't.
0: That was the Domo year. That was right? my in Snoop
1: Dogg days.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I remember uh, that was David's first conference. So David's my, my best buddy who um, was into Tableau before I was. He actually got trained about six months before I did. He got to go to that one. And I remember he texted me um, from the conference to say, I like red wine and Snoop Dogg now. I'm like, OK, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what these things have to do with each other. Um, but yeah, it was, it's was such a weird thing. So but for me, yeah, you and I both had the same year where it was our first conference that it sort of all really clicked. Bigger for you than for me. Well, so you was were interesting. way ahead of me.
1: Perhaps. I mean, I don't know how you say that. But you know what did it for me was in... 2016 when I went. So 2015, I didn't know anyone. I went with my boss and it was just pretty low key. You know, I never, didn't go out, um, whatever. I did the whole typical like sessions, hands-on stuff, whatever. It was my first session, my first conference. But the second one, I had at least a different, uh, some knowledge about how everything worked and what was the better choices to make in terms of sessions. And like, I had more uh, enthusiasm and objective to put myself out there I was like I don't want to come home this time and like not have met anybody but I did not know the community existed and I think a lot of people experience that and that's totally fine you can still have a great time going in other capacities like obviously not everybody is is in that space Um, but I ended up going to like a little restaurant bar across the street from and that year was in um, 2016 was in Austin right across from the venue and just sat down at the bar and was eating lunch and had a beer and like this girl sat next to me and I was like, well, I'm like totally the person. And if you sit next to me at a bar and I'm by myself, you are going to have a conversation with me. So talk to this girl named Sarah. This guy comes up next to me, talk to this guy named Alex. The three of us became like best buds. I was like, we ended up hanging out over three beers or something. And I was like, guys, like, this is this like the first night. Um, so it was a, uh, you know, Monday night when everything like kicks off at, like five o'clock. And so this was like a lunchtime. We were like lunch drinking, I was like, guys, and they had never been to concert. I'm like, you're coming in with me. We're gonna go get swag. We're gonna—I'm gonna show you what this is all about. And they were like, we've never been before. Like, we'll follow you. And so it's funny that you say the story when we were at day and night out at the um, concert because I kind of did the same thing. I'm like, follow me. And we're like, we're gonna go get the cowboy hat and we got like a stuffed bat and all these like random things. And they were like, we had no idea. And I was like, and then we ended up hanging out like you know, all the time and exchanging numbers. And you know, three of us were some of I think the other two might have had some uh coworkers, but I was um alone there. So um yeah, we just kind of connected the whole time. And I the the girl Sarah I ended up catching up with like every year she's there and I try to find her again. And so the experience was better in the sense that I didn't feel as alone. I felt like I met people and like I had, had people to chat with. Um, and so that definitely made it so much better. So then I think the next year it was even more of you know, putting yourself out there. Don't be afraid. Of, not being afraid to talk to people. I remember getting on the plane for TC18 and seeing like, um, um, Adam. Um, I may blanking on his last name. Pooja and Adam. Um, I saw him and I was like, I'm gonna take a picture with you. Like, I've never actually met you before, and he lived in, in near me. Um, and I was like, that's it. You know, I'm not gonna be afraid to take photos with people to like go up and shake someone's hand. Like, just, you know. I got nothing to lose here. Right. My mom used to always say, it's like, you know, she used to say like, you'll never see me again, which meant like, be, don't be afraid to, to be around strangers or say things to strangers. Cause to, you may, may not see them again, but it's the same attitude of like, just put yourself out there. Like what do you got to lose? So that was kind of my attitude in 2018 was, we're just going to go for it. <laughs>
0: I never think of you be, as being anything but bold. So it's interesting to hear wow. your like take on that because it's like, you know, like, like I said, people think of me as like, people say, Oh, you're an extrovert. I'm like, no, I'm not. It's like, in, in the same way I figure, well, Lindsay's bold. Like that's just her mode. But it's like the fact that you actually have some like defining principle behind that, that your mom sort of, you she know, did, said yeah. inspired you.
1: Totally. I mean, so, some of it's natural, but others it's like, y'all, everyone has to kind of make that choice. Right. Not be scared. Yeah. Or...
0: And, I, I do remember uh, the first time I almost met you. So it was at TC 18 and it was the night before the conference. And it was at uh, Andy Cockrey. If set up a thing at world of beer, like a meetup, like, Hey, meet up at this time. And while I did meet Kevin and Ken there and Paul and some other people, I didn't meet you because you had like waded into a crowd to get to the bar. So there's like a hundred people. <laughs> and I just see like, you know, tall blonde hair, like in the middle of this weaving fort. And mind you, you had a broken foot too, which so. may, makes that seem like an exceptionally interesting choice. Like I'm going into just like nothing but feet stomping because <laughs> I really want to drink. Like it's.
1: I know. I do remember that. That was a fun place too. I think I was up there like, with like Tristan, and we were trying to he was trying to get some like special Belgian beer, and I was like, I don't know, I'm just gonna get in here and see what this is all about.
0: But Tristan's doing great. I just talked to him the other day. Like oh, I, nice. I miss him. I miss, I miss a lot of our, I mean, I miss everyone, overseas but I miss friends, our overseas friends, especially. And I, I do have the benefit of working with one of them. Like mm. I work with Simon Beaumont Simon. and yeah. um, Simon was the one who arranged that dinner he did. that I sat at the kids table at. So it was, it was like probably 25 people. And it was yeah. like, i think you were there kevin simon maybe ken um, sean
1: miller was there
0: sean miller mark bradbourne like it was just Steph like chart tons and tons of people of course steph chart yeah like she's your she's like your your conference buddy sidekick but mm-hmm. yeah is it's a uh, and i remember that because uh i definitely remember steph chart was there because <laughs> me and david rode in a lift with you and steph we were heading back into town
1: after the dinner
0: yeah after the dinner and you're riding up front shotgun with a lift driver and for some reason, partway through an intersection, it felt like traffic has stalled. The lift hasn't totally stopped. I'm not saying it's going 10 miles an hour, but it's not going to. Right. Like, I'm getting out here. Bye, guys. <laughs> and you just bail out of the car like like you ghost rode the thing again with a broken foot.
1: Oh, um, that was like my favorite. Yeah. I'll blame Kevin for that. He wasn't at the dinner and he had texted me. He was like, you better not be like going back to your hotel. And I was like, nope, <laughs> getting out right now.
0: <laughs> okay yes i remember this now because you kevin and vince hung out yes so like god knows when yes and that's the the one where the guys like oh, god, i know where you got great, their shoes yeah
1: um yeah, yeah. Uh, we were down on like bourbon street and that was when it was in new orleans that was 2019 and uh right or
0: that's 18
1: that is 18 yeah 19 was Vegas. um and we were down there, and then this guy comes up to us, and what was it? I think it was I will give you, or you, will you give, give me twenty dollars f- yeah, if, if I can tell I can you guess
0: where you got those shoes. Where
1: you got those shoes? <laughs> and we're all like, um, no, like okay, you can't guess where we got our shoes or whatever. And then Vince, I think, is like, this is not good. Like, I think this is a bad situation, folks, and. That the girl comes, there's a girl that came up and it's like trying to give us all like kisses on the cheek. It was like a very strange situation.
0: That's bad news. It's like, totally like bad eight.
1: news. We have pictures I mean, with them.
0: I, oh, yeah. No, it's like I, I saw a picture of like five of you or something, but it's like and I, when I'm watching a TV show and I see like, why is this strange woman suddenly giving this guy a bunch of affection? Like yeah. this is about to go very terribly in some way. Like there's no, there's no good that comes of this. I
1: don't even remember what the punchline was about. Like oh, you got them could...
0: right here in New Orleans, Louisiana,
1: where you got your shoes.
0: Oh, or you've got them right here on Bourbon Street.
1: Yeah, or what? Yeah, something like that. It, it was...
0: It's like a dad joke,
1: right? And then it was like, you need to give me your twenty bucks, twenty bucks, or whatever. We're like, nope, we got to get out of here. <laughs> <I was> like... <laughs> Kevin's like, let's go now, and I was like, Ooh, this is not going to be good. We're like we should probably stay away from these this street but yeah it was pretty funny it was late at night it was like one in the morning
0: i mean that's a like <laughs> it feels like it's always late at night in new orleans like it's yeah it goes from sketchy to like ter- terrifying sketchy like in certain areas but yeah new orleans was yeah nice. and i and i told kevin a story about um so the world of beer meetup was originally supposed to be at the bourbon cowboy and you'll have to listen to kevin's episode to hear my tangential story to that about how I freaked my wife out once about our credit card bill, so both you and everyone will be hanging on till tomorrow night's episode to hear that <laughs> I know, story. No, I
1: want to hear it now.
0: But yeah, it's uh, it's it's very funny, and when you apply adjectives to cowboy, certain assumptions can be made about what establishment it might be. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so I was saying. Like, you were one of my big conference buddies, and I think one of the moments for me, like, when I really felt connected to the data fam, was at TC18, because I had met so many of these people, like, online and stuff, and there were kind of two incidents that happened pretty quickly Mm. in a row, and one of them was I was attending a how-to-collect-social-media-data session by Alex Koth, and uh, I tweeted that I was in there, and Klaus um, Schulte like saw my tweet and it's like, I'm in here too. And I'm like, oh, really? That's cool, man. And in the back of the room, like the session hasn't started yet. I'm sitting in the front row. Like, he pops up and he starts looking around. I'm like, I wave to him and wow. he rushes down front and sits next to him. am like, holy cow. Like, how cool is that? But the real like moment was, um was in Mike Cisneros' session. Mm. It was like 40 people that I knew all attending this session. And I was sitting in the back again because I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't presume to know anyone. I'm just going like, to yeah. walk in and find a seat. And Kevin saw me in the back and waved me down to the front. Like I, I'd met Kevin once before. I'd met him at World of Beer yeah. the night before. And uh, he flags me down the front and sits me right between his brother Ken and Sarah Bartlett, mm-hmm. both of whom I'm totally starstruck by. They both know my name and they're both excited to see me. And I'm just like, oh, this is so weird. Like you know, this is yeah. like these people are actually genuine. Like I, I wasn't totally. expecting this.
1: You know. I love that. I mean, that's, you know, and obviously we're talking all about things from TC conferences in person that we, um, hopefully we'll get to do again soon, but that's one of the things I love is, you, I don't know, like, you know, so many people, um, like online, um, but you generally, like most people genuinely do want to meet these people and in person. And like, I mean, yeah, it's like, come with us. Like there's all this uh, openness and be a part of you know, whatever we're a part of, right. Be part of this family. Like there's no, like, you can't sit here because I don't really know you. It's like, Oh, let's go. We're all, we're all in this together. I love that. I love meeting people. And even those little moments of, Hey, we're just gonna sit next to each other in this conference. And maybe we can't chat so much, but like, this is an opportunity to to get connected.
0: Right. I I love that. It's a big tent. Like it's, it transcends nationality. It transcends you know, gender, ethnicity, religion, politics, everything, everyone's really just like everyone has their own opinions on stuff. And that's great. But people are genuinely effusive with their praise for each other, generous yeah. with their time. And people genuinely want to see others succeed and promote each other. Like, uh, so many times it feels like so much of life is like a competition. <laughs> like if you look at a lot of the rest of Twitter, uh, where which yeah. is kind of where the data fam exists for 90% of the time mm-hmm. it's like most of twitter is all about the idea of oh i just made you look dumb or you know i just owned your idea or whatever and within the data fam that's not really an issue that we have it's really like a i want to share something i did and then people be like i like the thing you did right you should do more things and it's uh that's really great for building people up both sort of personally as well as professionally uh,
1: yeah 100 percent. i couldn't agree with you more i mean it's we've. I know many people say how unique the the community is in that respect, that it just does feel so genuinely people are supportive and uh, like each other. Right. And it's just unusual. You'd get so many thousands of people or um, that feel that way and can support one another. It's just kind of crazy when you think about it.
0: So I've got to ask you this. Um, what is your favorite part of the conference? Typically, do you like, um, small sessions with people you know? Or are you like a mm. speed tip person? Do you like um, Iron Viz? I mean, if analytics, like what's what's your thing that's really like a, wow, Is my favorite part.
1: Yeah, that's hard to pick one favorite. I mean, there's certainly so many great things. I think it's probably changed a bit oh. over the years for sure. Um, I mean, granted, like let's go without saying, conference itself is really two separate. It's kind of like two things, right? One is you go there to have kind of this uh you know family reunion right like it's like the get together it's the meeting of people meeting of minds and the, a lot of those things happen outside of the typical standard conference framework right like out to dinner after hours walking in between sessions right some of that stuff um and so obviously i love all that if we're talking about like more formal conferencey stuff um you know i think Obviously, Fanalytics has been great in the years. I think maybe the last time I went, it was not as great. But in general, Fanalytics, I've really liked as the opportunity to really connect with other community folks. And there've been some really great talks um, from people. I do like, I like any kind of session, to be honest. Um, I tend to go to ones from the community, but that doesn't mean I don't hit up some others, um, big or small. I like the ones that are a little more either like theoretical or can give me some broader like inspiration. Um, So I haven't really gone to like things like a speed tipping, which I think are fantastic. I tend to watch those like afterward because I feel like I'm not going to retain it all um, there versus something that's a little more abstract. Um, You know, like Chantilly's design one is a good example. Not that it's abstract, but like I could just conceptualize all of her concepts and sit there and be like, these are really great. Like I can take this back or I could utilize her framework for other folks in my organization. Right. It was, I could take something away from it. So I tend to like sessions like that, where I don't really have to take notes or I don't have to remember anything necessarily very detailed that I have to write down, but um, and i do like them when they're people I know, but you know, they don't have to be, I mean, I'd like to see new people as well, of course.
0: I think for me uh, my my perspective definitely changed like so 17 was my first year and there I took some of the hands-on ones yeah, I, did I did some of the um, like the hey learn calculations that kind of thing yep. but I was still really new so for me I, there was a big hunger of like how do I do this Agreed. And then after you acclimate to a lot of that you realize oh well most of that stuff I can pick up on YouTube or there's great mm-hmm. tutorial blogs and stuff like that so that stuff's available to me all the time so like by the time I came back for 18, I was like, I want the stuff that gets me excited, that yeah. energizes me and makes me think. Um, Because for me at that point, the real benefit of the conference was um I want to come back to work like fired up with totally. new ideas and inspiration. And that's what comes from a lot of those sessions, like Chantilly's session or Mike's session, mm-hmm. as well as the relationships that you formed and the conversations you've had. Because yeah, you're talking with other people that do the same stuff you do and uh, especially if you work in a smaller organization you might not even have someone to talk to on a daily right. basis or just one other person so all of a sudden your network has grown dramatically for one week and you've got other people that empathize, empathize with your your issues that sort of understand some of the complexities you know sometimes they deal with difficult users that yeah. you know ask the impossible or alternatively want a, a an ill-suited uh, result when you could give them something better and you know it's it's it can be a therapy session at times but yeah it's i am 100 percent with you like when i think about conferences now i'm not attending the technical sessions so much as i am the you know how to build a community or right. have you thought about making a template or like the chantilly's mm-hmm. was heavily template based yeah. and it's like you wouldn't have expected that when you looked at the outcomes of her stuff right but uh, the, yeah the, totally the, both these things were made off the yeah. same template, and you're like, what? I
1: was like, whoa, who knew? Like that was pretty that was definitely eye-opening. And when she showed, like the way she does exam- um, you know, she's like, I just Google whatever infographic, like uh, I think it was the earthquake infographic and how similar it looked. Like that's exactly what I do, but I don't know. Sometimes when you do things, you don't realize like you're not the only one that does it, right? Like, I'm like, well, I do the same thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have just assumed that you know, she totally had this, all these ideas completely, uh, you know, on her own. And the reality is like, none of us do, but, um, it was just very validating and very interesting to see her whole process. And the template thing was like kind of mind blowing that I wouldn't have I actually deconstructed her visits and thought that they were the same. Cause they don't look the same, but so it was kind of, it was just cool.
0: She's one of those big inspirations for me. And, uh, my favorite session is also fanalytics. Um, and my, fr- I've only been to two, so in 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. My Thank first you. one in 18 was just like a, a, a amazing group of speakers with the ma- exception of like maybe one. <laughs> um, I'm saying that because you spoke. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like Andy Creeble, Vince was there. Yep. You spoke, Chantilly spoke. It was just like That's such right. a like, wow, it was like a powerhouse list of speakers. And like seeing you speak. I never would have guessed, like, oh, this is Lindsay's first, like, I'm super engaged in the community conference. <laughs> I don't
1: like, even I'm know why market. they asked me to speak. I was like, I was just so surprising. Cause that was like my you, first you, year really being involved. And I don't know who even like if Johnny was just like, Can you speak? And I'm like, why? Me? Why?
0: <laughs> really? I think you're <laughs> you're super engaged with people and you're you you were sort of one of the fresher voices in the community, like right then. You know, it's like yeah. you see people sort of Not come and go, but like there's a moment where for a lot of people, they sort Mm -hmm. of like spike. And sometimes people like come in and like they're really influential for a short period of time. (laughs) And then maybe they sort of scale back their involvement or just sort of flare out entirely. Like, yeah. I remember for a while like Samo was like a really big like new hot author and mm-hmm. everyone was really excited by his stuff and then I think he switched over to doing other stuff and hasn't been doing much tableau lately or Josh Smith for a while. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I mean he went on to be an Iron Viz co-winner but for a while he was hugely influential in the community and now he's doing other stuff. Yeah. But it's like you see um, other people that you know sort of continue to to grow yeah. like you. So you came in, you were sort of really hot at the time. You you were, you know, both in terms of the stuff you were making, but as well as your community building, and yeah, I mean, it was, you were an obvious choice.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a fun, and that was my first analytics because I wasn't there in seventeen, like this. I didn't even know existed um, before then, and so it was really cool to um, not only be a part of some amazing speakers, but had the opportunity to kind of connect with this group of folks who had come specifically because it was analytics, which is a very community-driven um section of conference, which is it happens like the, the last day kind of um, at the very end of conference. Um, you know, I remember meeting Michelle Freeman there and her coming up. And I hadn't even met her, didn't even know her in the community. She was very new at the time. But I vividly remember her coming up afterward and being like, I loved your talk and da-da-da. And I was like, this is really cool, like meeting, like I didn't feel like anybody important, but so many people came up afterward and felt very motivated by what I said. And I know Vince felt the same way. Um, he had a very motivating speak as well. And you know, I think people really connect with that when they're they're new to the community, someone who can kind of relate to them. I talked a lot about not only my project, but just finding your tribe was kind of the the theme of my talk and just you know, you know, getting connected and finding the people that resonate and build you up. And I think people connected with that idea of when you get involved, try to find out like, who are those core first people that will help you, you know, stay the course, stay involved, you know, build up your voice or what have you.
0: Well, I know it made an impact on me and I I can say, I'm I'm proud to say that you are part of my tribe and that you're one of the people I can go to when I have ideas or when I want to like, keep me in check, you know, sometimes (laughs) you're like, Like, hear me out here. Like, am I crazy for thinking this or or something like that? It's like, it's really important to have like, you know, when you see like celebrities with the posse, like you always need like the no man in the posse. Like, that's how you have longevity. And I can count on you to be my no man if I ask you to be like, okay, hear me out. (laughs) So, so I I appreciate, I I appreciate that from you that you, you will not sugarcoat things for me if, uh, if I ask for it on the other hand, may, maybe you'll like, let me get away with stuff. I don't ask. I don't know. But yeah, it's like, no, I, I, 100% agree that like, you definitely have to have your tribe. You have to have, you know, not just like the larger engagement with people casually, right. but it's important to have like some closer friends that you can connect with, um, both personally and professionally and say like, Hey, you know, I, I really could use some advice or can you yeah. really help me out with this? Because, you know, there's definitely people that you interact with more casually, you can, you know, do that kind of stuff with, but it's, it's, you you help each other grow the more you, you do that uh, with, with peers that you, you know, connect with.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of that, you know, as time goes on and the more, I think you talk to people and find out the folks that both resonate for you, both personally and professionally and whatever um, you gain a lot of sense of trust. And I think that's where those longer, um, you know, relationships can come in or just, you know, like you and I talking about just every now and again, saying, Hey, like, how you doing? Like, You know, and genuinely, like, how are you doing? Not on Twitter, out in the world, being like, you know, how people are engaging, maybe more casually. And I think that, you know, I think that helps when you're talking about some of the longevity of folks who are in the community is they've actually built a lot of friendships over the over the years. Um, I think it is easier to perhaps fizzle out or lose your way if you don't have folks to kind of walk that walk with you, um, pick you up when you're down, right? tell you it's okay if you haven't visited months because you're like, Hey, I'm burnout. And you have friends be like, that's totally fine. Like we legitimately think that's fine. Not people on Twitter that are like, we'll be here when you come back. And yes, that's true, but you know, it feels good when you have um, very close connections who you, you know will pick you back up or you can join back in.
0: People that see you as something beyond a content creator, which is a, a phrase yeah. I actively avoid because I sort of think of it as a good point. like, you know, sort of the death of quality. But it's like, as soon as people view you as just sort of a conduit for stuff, mm. like then sort of your humanity is gone as well as any of the specialness of whatever you might do. Yeah. You know, at that point, you're just another um, another channel on their TV or another podcast on their phone, that sort of thing. It's it's why it's uh, so important to just, you know, be real and be human, be authentic and be like, look, you know, I, I'm a person, too. I, I build stuff. Sometimes my stuff's serious. Sometimes it's not. You know, uh, sometimes <laughs> I pour my my you. You see the personality on the page when people sure. make some stuff and other stuff. You're intentionally holding back the personality. You know, it's like the difference between writing a personal essay about yourself. Or writing a news story. It's like you shouldn't be in the news story if it's that kind of thing. But if it's a personal essay, go for it. Like, you know, go, go full Hunter S. Thompson.
1: I mean, that's one of the – I certainly hope that, um, you know, soon we get back to a conference in person because one of the things that I do love post-conference – it's kind of that high you get afterward of not just the people you've met, but the things you've heard and done. And, you know, to be honest, that has been like a huge driver for me um, for like the next year. Uh, You know, when you talk about not being just a content creator, I'll admit that this year was probably one of the harder ones in terms of feeling that energy to create content. And the conference has always been um, like that fire to you know, think about like, I've got all these brilliant ideas now, and I've talked to all these people who have brilliant ideas and, um, you know, just, just feeling that energy and enthusiasm for like Tableau and the product and what we do for a living and we do for fun. Um, so I I hope that comes back because, you know, you see people who, you know, have that right now because maybe they're new in the community or they're just naturally like always have this energy, which is great. But I'll say personally for someone like me, who's, um, been doing it for many years, you know, that really just always helps me out. Like just feeling just more motivated. And also, you know, I love giving back to the community. Like I love writing things. I like, I mean, I teach, teach as well. Like there's a great way to teach new um, students about Tableau. Um, But Yeah, I'll admit it's a little tough. I just I think I just miss people. I mean, as you said, like being such an extrovert, like I do drive a lot of energy off being around people. And maybe it's just that I'm not not being around people makes it just a little harder for me. But
0: I I feel you. I I am not an extrovert and not being around people is hard for me. So not only am I not around people, but I, you know, I changed jobs in the past year. It's a little over a year now. And I work remote 100% of the time now. Mind you, I already was in my previous job, but it wasn't permanent. Like now Mm -hmm. it's definitely an intentional choice, which means I actually have to be intentional about seeing people. Otherwise, like I slowly start to feel, you know, down like it's you you need human connection because otherwise I'm sitting here in a house, you know, alone with cats uh, most of the day and, you know. I've got noise on in the background, but I mean, that's like turning on the radio for your dog. Like I need real human connections and I have, you know, close friends that I can talk to and stuff, but I can't see them all the time We're you know, I'm 40, we've got families and stuff. So it's, it's good to have uh, other outlets for that. And I think, you know, you're talking about people's outputs over the past year and you can see how, like, particularly as people, whether it be like personal or emotional or even work-based but around sort of the whole COVID era that people have existed in for the past 18 months or 20 months or so yeah like a lot of people sort of fell off in terms of their presences Mm -hmm. in terms of what they're making and i mean this this might be me saying too much personally and it it might be totally wrong but i mean i became a zen master this year and i feel like part of that is because my output stayed the same or actually increased. And I had the podcast going as well. I think a lot of other people would have had really good shots this Mm -hmm. year had they, had they been more active. And I think maybe I wouldn't have had a shot if I hadn't been active. I can't say, you know, it's not for me to, to know or judge or anything, but like I, I, and a lot of that might be imposter complex coming out in, in me, which I fully admit to because I never really feel like I never feel special in any way. So it's like, oh, that thing I never I never made that an objective or anything. I just thought it yeah. was so out of my reach that I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do the stuff I like doing. And if other people like it, that that would be wonderful, but otherwise I'm still going to do it.
1: Yeah, I know. But that but that's I mean, that's part of um your appeal, right? Like why you're good at what you do is you do like, you know, your whole thing do like, this is what you love. Like there's such a genuine um, quality about both you and your personality and the content that you put out there. And I think that means a lot to people.
0: I think I started putting a lot more of myself into my work at a certain point. Like you can see a division and I, you, you, you will hear this uh, with Kevin tomorrow. <laughs> like I, I know I'm going to say this then too somehow. um. But at a certain point, I stopped doing makeover Mondays, not because makeover Monday was broken or, or wrong or anything, hmm. but because I'm like, I'm not always that interested in all of these. And if I'm going to be putting in some of this time to like, yeah. you know, do work outside of work, I want to really do something that I feel like interested in and curious about and passionate about. So yep. I started like you know making stuff that look less like dashboards uh following topics that i had to research myself and collect my own data or even you know just like putting you know editorial and personal statements on the page which isn't the kind of stuff you'd ever do at work but it's yeah. like it's not a work product it could data viz could be anything
1: yeah that's awesome i mean I, and i'm 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 in a place right now trying to figure out a bit of that too. Cause you know, I've taken a pause from just doing some public fizzing, not because, um, like I want to, or don't have ideas, I have ideas, but I'm trying to think just, yeah, a little bit more about what is it that I want to more of, you know, and, um, and in what kind of capacity or quality, not quality, um, style, like as much as I think I have a bit of a style and it's not that I'm trying to like identify one or change it. It's just that I'm just being a little bit more diligent or slow about the process than trying to like pump something out, Um, which definitely there was a time I too was doing makeover Monday and probably putting out like two or three, this is a month or more, you know, it was actually one year, I guess I did like three quarters of makeover Mondays. So it was probably more than that. So now it's like, you know, I'm, I don't have goals, right? I'm not like trying to, there's no quota, right? It's when an idea is um, formulated and I have enough passion about it that I think it's gonna be a good one. And I, I like that space now, like that's a good space to be in, um, I think.
0: For me, it's sort of been understanding myself and uh, at times I'm gonna be able to feel super inspired. There are times when I've done two visits in a week, like personal yeah. projects. And there are other times, I think right now it's been about three weeks since I've had uh, an idea of any kind. Like there might have been a couple things things was sort of workshopping, like, is there something here? Is there not? But I mean, uh, just understanding that's okay. And to feel comfortable yeah. with the ambiguity, because there are going to be times when you don't have any ideas and you have to sort of recognize, look, you've been here before. Yeah. This isn't a reason to freak out. You definitely don't need to like start feeling like, oh, I'm out of ideas. I'm never going to make anything again. Right. <laughs> That's a place that's easier for me to go to. But like for me, I also sort of recognize I've got different habits that can occur around certain types of things. So sometimes I have a very small idea that probably doesn't warrant an entire like nice dashboard to it. So I think I was on a Tableau ambassador call and I remember that Andrew Grinkler was on it and uh, I think the Moors as well. But I brought up the the molasses flood in Boston like well you might not have heard this a lot of people never have but no I don't think there was like a vat with like 90,000 gallons of molasses that was in shipment that was in a big vat in northern Boston that one summer in the early 1900s exploded so this vat of molasses explodes tidal waves of molasses that in a couple of areas hit like 30 feet high and it's going like 30 miles an hour so about 19 people died. Uh, like some people were basically like it, it hit hard enough that it bent the L train track in one place. What? Like It actually bent elevated track because uh, with part of the tank that it hit it with. Um, so I was researching this. I was so fascinated by it that I'm like, I'd like to do a vis on this. But I don't know, like, <laughs> you know, because it's such a strange thing. It is. Like, That's there totally. was a molasses flood. Um, so oh my I was gosh. like how many charts can I realistically make out of this? I'm like, okay, this many gallons. How is that compared to a swimming pool? That's something. How tall is this thing? Is that as big as a house? Uh, How fast does this go? Okay, so I've got three charts. That's not a whole lot. And that's when I came up with, I do this this goofy little thing called the data dump that looks like a little zine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I have an idea. So sort of taking Chantilly's idea, I'm like, Sometimes I'm going to have quick dirty ideas that I'd like to produce quickly but not have to come up with a whole new format for it and so you know build these things around it. So I create this little template for myself and I'm like, okay. So I've got limited space on the left where I can put in text. Great. I've got some space on the right where I could put maybe three charts total and I've got space for a title. Okay. So now I'm constrained by what I can do with this idea if I know it's a quick and dirty idea, but I also know that I don't have to make a ton of choices. So I yeah. don't have to say what colors am I going to use? I only use about three different colors. Like I, I always do a gray and then a different color. Um, I don't have to think, um, you know, how's it going to lay out? It's already laid out for me. I just have mm-hmm. to choose which charts most effectively convey some thoughts on this and then add some commentary on it. So it, that's allowed me to explore some of my smaller ideas in a way that's sort of efficient and um, and quick. And then I'm like, okay my idea is done i'll move on to the next thing instead of like grinding on the well where would i put this thing what if i did this instead i hear it's sort of being it's like a TC
1: 22 uh conference session uh in the works here
0: hey reach out to me guys i'd love to speak at uh it's like interesting like
1: thinking about how uh, and at least in this particular situation like how you think about um you know managing an idea right like how and, and Maybe it's other circumstances. I'd love to hear how people manage ideas that they have about data visualization and like what they do with it or how they get from like A to B. Like, it's just interesting how you thought of the molasses thing. And then you're like thinking already about what data can you find, what charts and like the story, Um, which is kind of fascinating, the thought process. But then the the data dump idea is kind of interesting um, as That's kind of a cool framework of people there are a lot of people who have lots of ideas and sometimes people feel overwhelmed by having a lot of ideas and then never acting on any of them so it's almost like a a way to get some of those ideas. um, out into the world, and you can always go back to them and like make them bigger projects, but at least you have that foundation of I had this idea and I kind of did enough legwork to to get it out there, get it out of my head, which is kind of cool.
0: That's I that's did. an absolute must for me. Like if I have an idea in my head too long, I will eventually either sort of disabuse myself of the idea and like eh, that's not worth doing, or just forget about it, or think about it too much that it no longer even makes any sense. Yeah. And for me to successfully create like passion visas like that, like I look at people like like uh, Autumn Batani or CJ Mays or Sam Parsons and I mm-hmm. see like all the care they put into their stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm careless, but I, I can't yeah, make I personal saying. visits that took 10 hours. I, I can basically most of mine take somewhere between one and three tops. Um, and partly because that's how much time I can invest, but also because that's how much I'm willing to invest because yeah. you and I both got into sort of the procreate drawing scene for a little while. I've, I've sort of dropped off as a reason, but I, I always was like a doodler uh, growing up and hmm. sketching and stuff. And it's something i do when i'm watching tv or in class or whatever and i realized one of my problems with art is i never finish things yeah um i either get to a point where i'm just like i don't know where to go with this next or i am so relentlessly perfectionist with it i'm too precious with my own things that i can't just say it's done and i don't allow myself that luxury with data viz uh, I basically had one that I held back once Interesting. and then I showed it to people intentionally to force myself to finish it. Like, Hey, I have this one. I never finished. We were like, you should finish that. I'm like, I guess I have to finish it. Cause I showed people, like I, I didn't keep it a secret.
1: So you're saying you don't have like a lot that you didn't finish, right? You're saying you tend to get them
0: yeah. done. Right. I either do it or I don't do it. Yeah. That's I'm, basically my lane.
1: I think I'm pretty much the same. Uh, I'm trying to think who, um, I don't have, I may have had like one that I never finished, but, um, but that's mostly because I won't, I won't start something. I think I'm, it's similar. It's like the ADHD that I have will either make me like hyper-focused and I will like finish something and spend like 20 hours on it, or like, it'll just never, it'll just never happen. And I'll like, forget that it was an idea and I'll get distracted and never do it. So like I have probably lists of things to do. And then I'm like, Oh, I forgot all about that. Plus I have like three lists of things. So that doesn't usually help, but (laughs) it's like, yeah.
0: Well, Lindsay, I have had so much fun talking with you, like this kind of conversation, like you and I have, and like we have with so many of our friends when we're at the conference (laughs) was my whole inspiration for doing this podcast in the first place, because selfishly, I wanted to have these conversations more often than we were getting them once a year. And even though we've sort of been starving for that because we haven't had the in-person meets and it is so hard, you know, especially, you know, I'm 40 now, like I'll admit we're still part of, I'm still part of the generation that texts over calling people. It's so much easier to (laughs) just send some texts. Than to actually talk to someone, but it's so much more rewarding to actually talk to them. And hopefully, you know, these things aren't a total snooze for other people that tune in, but uh, thanks so much for talking with me today. And I wanted to ask you um, before we sign off today, is there anyone you wanted to like shout out or anything you wanted to promote?
1: Oh, I know you always say this at the end of your podcast. See, it told you, is there anything I should be pre- prepared for? And you said, no, but this is one that I could have been prepared for. <laughs>
0: But you knew.
1: <laughs> I know. I, I've listened to your podcast enough. I should have known. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a couple of people that, you know, I would love to give a shout out to. Um, you know, one, you know, I've got to give one to CJ Mays. And I know you mentioned him a couple of minutes ago, but he has just been very inspiring to me, just a fantastic individual. His work is amazing, and he's kind of like a fellow uh Figma influencer and I love what he's been doing with it. So him and I talk every now and again about, um, about Figma and his work, but yeah, just super smart guy. I mean, the things he's putting together on his, um, you know, blog or what have you. Um, the other person is, uh, maybe a lesser known perhaps, or maybe not doesn't do a lot of, um, visualizations, but both Will Perkins and Tim Caddy are two folks working at, um, um, without pwc Um, price, waterhouse, what am I trying to say? I don't know. Anyway, hey, JP um, Morgan Chase. JP Morgan, god like it, thanks. Um, anyway, they are just also really great people. And Will is very intelligent and smart in terms of uh tableau techniques. And I, I see him in different platforms in the community, both on um a tableau WhatsApp thread and on Twitter, and just I think a genuinely nice guy who's trying to do really good things for data vision general and, and Tim is a sweetheart and trying just awesome at trying to connect people together and so um those are a couple of folks I mean yeah it's hard to, to talk about people that have I want to mention on the fly and then I don't really have anything to promote I'm still trying to figure out things with project health is as I take a pause while I'm teaching and what have you but um yeah, hopefully there'll be more to come on my blog and my videos. I still keep planning on doing some Figma videos because it's really um, such an awesome platform to use, not just for images in, in Tableau, but also for my client work. We do a lot of prototyping. and I think it's like a fantastic tool to improve like, you know, dashboards I make. So hopefully more to come. But, you know, like I said earlier, I'm also in an okay space to take some pauses, especially at this time of the year and, you know. Yeah. And the only thing I do want to say is, like, for conference, both virtual and in person, um, I hope these, like, talks putting together, is that um, show others that, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. I know we're all, like, virtual right now, but there's brain dates, which you can actually do face it. Like, you can see people, which is cool. Um, you know, and even if you're on Twitter, like, there's no harm in, you know, reaching out, texting, messaging somebody and like having, starting in those conversations, starting those relationships. I know that can be like super hard in a virtual space, but, um, I'm really still enthusiastic and excited to, to try to connect with folks, you know, as best I can. So, and, you know, hopefully we will be in person soon and we'll get to all, I'll hang out and meet new folks again.
0: So well, let's hope so. But yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Don't be shy, reach out, yeah. say hi. Everyone's friendly. We'd love to hear from you and come back tomorrow for Kevin.
1: Heck yeah. Thanks, Zach.
0: Thanks, Lindsay. You've been listening to Data Plus Love. Data Plus Love is recorded and produced by Zach Bowders. Our music track is We Are Legends by Alex Stoner courtesy of Take Tones. Hey, you're still here. Um, You're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in probably something better. Um, Thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash D-A-T-A-P-L-U-S-L-O-V-E.